Father, we lift up our battles to you, Lord, and we lay them down at the foot of your cross, Lord. The cross before we stand tonight, Lord, and we declare this place holy. Holy before you, Lord. Let's see the voices, church. Come on, let's do it.
Celebrate that church. Can you just celebrate and give them a shout of glory? Say, Lord, thank you. Give him a thanks tonight. Give him a thanks tonight because he changed it all. He changed it all. Oh, Jesus, you changed it all. When we said yes, the gift was waiting for me, Jesus. When I said yes, and you changed it all. Because I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too high. From the far side of the chasm, you had me in your side. divide You left behind half zero to build it here inside There at the cross You paid the debt I owe You broke my chains freed my soul For the first time I had
You brought me from the darkness into glorious light. Give him praise tonight. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for his light, right? For bringing us out of our darkness and the past that we came from and for showing us. In Matthew 5, 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We had a, an advanced discipleship class finish not too long ago. Um, I was not the teacher of that class, unfortunately. I'm sure it would have been awesome. But I have those certificate tonight. So as I call your name, if you'll please come up so I can uh, present you your certificate. Dominic Duran. Jonathan Cahill Henry. And I apologize if I mispronounce uh, the last name. Jade Sopnik. Alex Montano. Patricia Garcia. Joseph Pice. And Destiny Pice. And again, I apologize for any mispronunciation. So now it's time for these people to let their shine before others and to serve our God and show others God's light. We Congratulations. are so thrilled about the opportunities that are before you. So we're believing now that you have graduated this level, that now you graduate into full-time involvement in ministry here at the church. And we're believing for great things. Father, thank you for these men and women that have given of their time, their talent, and they're studying to educate themselves and prepare them for great works ahead. Father, we're believing for a supernatural move of your Holy Spirit in their lives and in the life of our church. So, Father God, bless them abundantly. I pray in Christ's glorious name. In addition, Father God, we pray for every need found here tonight, whether they're online, those at home, those in the hospital, those watching in their vehicle that are on the roadside at a truck stop or those that are in the sanctuary. And we're gonna just believe God for miracles. I'd like to call uh, Brian Jacobs up real quick. Brian, we're gonna pray over you. Stand in the gap for your daddy and believing for a supernatural move of the Lord to work amazingly. And if any of you have a special need, we're gonna believe God to touch and to heal. 
Brian, we anoint you on behalf of your Father in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. For anybody sick here tonight, we're anointing you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the supernatural work that you do in our lives. That, Father God, there's sometimes that, Lord, we run out of options, but we don't run out of hope because our hope is in the Lord. And we put Brian Jacobs into your hands right now. He's on life support. I pray that you breathe into his lungs and you breathe into his heart and you get that working completely on its own without the need of life support and you extend his life. Father God, I pray, Lord God, for a miracle in Jesus Christ's name. I pray the same right now for Curtis Lee, who's in the hospital with a serious back injury after falling off his roof. Father, let him regain full control of his body. And Lord, others that, Lord, are fighting chronic illness. Lord, those that are just ready to give up, I pray that you give them fight. For Alex, who is facing another surgery tomorrow, touch and heal his body. And Father God, for those that have lost loved ones, some by murder, others, Father God, because a bad decision and they overdosed. Others, Father God, because they just lost their life to chronic illness. We pray peace over the family, blessing over every home. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God's people shout out amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. God bless you, church. It is good to have you in the house of God. Hey, turn to your neighbor right now and greet one another, would you? What's going on, my family? It says, glory to his name. Amen. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Give him a shout tonight of thanks, of praise. You've given him your worship. You've given him your adoration tonight. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for his blood. Church, I want to welcome you into tonight's service. Uh, those watching from home, I want to welcome you as well uh, via our live stream. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings, and it is my joy and an honor to be with you tonight and uh, just to call you my family, amen? Just to call you family is so amazing. Church, uh, just a couple of things. Before we turn over the pulpit to Pastor Richard, we want to catch you up on just a few things. Um, the countdown continues. It's the final countdown. Had to do it. Had to do it. Had to do it. The final countdown, we have two. 
slots available of the early bird special. Every time we talk about the men's retreat, we're talking about the men's retreat that's going to be happening September 8th, 9th, and 10th at Lone Tree Bible Ranch. And we have two, only two slots available for the early bird special. But just because those are gone doesn't mean you cannot sign up. We still have, after that, we have about another 25 slots available if you want to continue and just want to go with us. Um, the QR code is behind me if you want more information on the men's retreat. Uh, men of God, if you want to participate and want more information on it, hey, what is, what is it all about? We've talked about the all-inclusive, you know, the meals, right? You don't have to take any bologna sandwiches, right? If that was the case, we'd stay at home for Mexican round steak. All right, we'd stay at home for that. Uh, we'd stay at home for the ham and cheese. I mean, we're talking some delicious food that is catered there for us. Um, uh, I've told you guys before, I'm what you call indoorsy. I'm not outdoorsy. I'm indoorsy. I don't put up with mosquitoes. I don't like staying outside in tents. So we have bunk houses with... Um, Climate control, I mean, with actual mattresses, uh, you don't have to lay your head on a rock. You know, this, this is the kind of stuff that, that we like, us guys that like that kind of stuff. I, I don't really like the outdoorsy, but, you know, if I have to do it, I'll do it this way, okay? So I encourage you, men of God, sign up for the Major Retreat. It's really awesome. If you go to NBCABQ.com or if you go to the NBCABQ app, our app, You'll be able to get more information. It'll take you directly to their website so you can see exactly what kind of activities Lone Tree Bible Ranch has to offer. We've talked about horseback riding, bike riding, skeet shooting, water slides, um, zip lining, uh, pole climbing, whatever they call it, you know, bull, bull riding. That's right. We had bull riding last year. We had a couple of guys doing some bull riding. So church, I'm telling you, it's an amazing time. So men of God, even you women of God, encourage your husbands, even if they're not a part of this congregation. If they say, nah, 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 I don't like to go, cool. Then go to this men's retreat because it's so awesome. It's really, really awesome. So I encourage you, I encourage you to do that. Young adults, young adults ages 18 to 25, I want to encourage you that class will be tomorrow at 7 p.m. and not going to be happening inside the sanctuary. Rather, it's going to be across the hall in room 106. So tomorrow, in case you get lost, just look that way. And we'll be in there. All right? We'll be in room 106. But it's going to be tomorrow. So if you have a young person in your life, college age, maybe they just graduated high school. And you want them to be encouraged. And you say, you know what? I need you to get... You understand, church, that once they graduate high school and they enter college age, it's a completely different paradigm in which now you think public school was bad, if they go to college, a community college, everything that they're trying to pull our kids away from with the Word of God. So I encourage you, those young people in your life, a niece, a nephew, a neighbor, most especially your children, encourage them to participate in the New Beginnings Young Adults Program if you're a part of our congregation. And even if you're not, I want you to have them here because we encourage each other, we keep you keep each other accountable, and we, we know that life's a lot. I can't believe I said we. What's this we business? I got a 25 years old a long time ago, but it's a group that encourages each other, 
to stay accountable to one another with their weekly Bible studies. They're in a group text message together. They encourage one another. They love one another. Amen? And that's what it's all about. So 18 to 25-year-olds, male and female, it's a co-ed class. Tomorrow, 7 p.m. in room 106, and I want to talk to you about that. Church also, um, on Sunday the 30th is Baptism Sunday. And we talk about that now because I'm, we're trying to plant the seed that, church, if you have not made that next step yet of your faith, you've said, yes, Lord, I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior, but I have not taken that next step and gone public with my faith. I want you to do that. I want you to seriously, prayerfully consider that. And say, Lord, I know it's not an obligation for me, but, Lord, you have mandated that for me because you were the example Christ with the example, he got baptized and he said, I want you to be just like me and go public with your faith. Because church, I'm telling you, the road that's ahead of us, just like Jesus, when he got prepared for his ministry, he wants to prepare yours. And he wants to, to make, make that life change in you and go public with your faith. And that's going to be July the 30th, immediately following our second service. I invite you to prayerfully consider, there's a QR code behind me. Or maybe on the screen in front of you for those watching at home. Point your phones there. That'll take you to our registrations portal. That registrations portal will allow you to connect with us in any way, shape, or form. Maybe you want to register to be baptized. Maybe you want to register for the men's retreat. Or you just want some more information for the men's retreat. That'll take you there. Maybe you have a prayer request. Or just a general question for us at the office. That's the way you want to get a hold of us with that QR code. Amen, church? And with that, I never lose the opportunity to say thank you so very much for your faithful and faithful giving, church, for your obedience in giving. We could not make life change in this city the way you and I are doing it without it. Amen? Celebrate that. That's right, my brother. You celebrate that. You and I are making a lasting impact in countless, countless, countless lives, not only in this city, not only in state or country, but around the world. Amen? And with that, church, I say thank you. And the way you set that up, if you have not set up your e-giving, the ways to do that are behind me on the screen or in front of you at home. You want to set that up via text message. Maybe you want to use our website or just our app. You can do that. It's really fast, safe, and secure. Or you can pick up an envelope on the, on the, on the outside of the sanctuary and drop it off at one of our tithing boxes at the entryways here in the sanctuary. I love you, church. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Richard. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Guys, uh, youth, be dismissed if you didn't leave already. Uh, go, go to your class. We love you guys and are so excited about the things happening in your lives. And uh, they're getting training for when they uh, go back to school. And school starts early this year. So it's uh, kind of crazy. Hey, I have a very dear friend of New Beginnings with us here tonight. Uh, he's going to take a couple of minutes, three minutes. Nathan, make your way up. This is Nathan Hale. He's with Prison Fellowship. Would you give it up for Nathan? Nathan, it's always a joy to have you here. He's got his Angel Tree t-shirt because we've been partnering with them for over 30 years in giving Christmas gifts out to children that their mom or dad are incarcerated. And uh, we have families in our church that came through that and now 
have become a part of our family. But there's an exciting thing that we've partnered with, but some changes are taking place. And we're here to talk about the women's prison in Grants, New Mexico. Tell us what's happening over there. Amen. It's been so exciting. Uh, we've been able to start a study program. In Is that microphone on? Can, can, can we turn that mic on? It, it, it was green earlier, I think. Okay, sorry. Uh, okay, leave it on the green. Yeah. Testing one, two, eight. There we okay, go. Okay, there you go. Go awesome. ahead. Well, it's an honor. Um, I'm Nathan Hale with Prison Fellowship, and we've been able to start an academy program in the women's prison in Grants, New Mexico. Uh, an academy program, honestly, it's a character-building program that happens two days a week for a whole year. The women in this program, we started with about 30. We've probably got, got close to about 20 right now, locked and loaded, and just enjoying and digging in. But we're about to graduate them this October. Awesome. So it's been incredible. Now, how have we been a part of that? Well, uh, initially, you have launched this program from this church. Renee Chavez Mayas has been our lead. If we could give it up for Renee really quick. Renee! <laughs> this church is also supported. When we started, we did a Hope event live on the yard. We've done two of those with all the women present so far in the prison. It's been great. Now, I know that we had a big sign-up, and we wanted volunteers to go over there, but that was still when there were a lot of COVID regulations, and they were making people get vaccinated, and there were some people that said, I don't want that shot. Right. So they weren't able to go. But some things have changed, right? Yeah, the prison is now open, vaccination-free in the name of Jesus. Yeah. That means if you want to volunteer... You can sign up tonight to volunteer to be going to the women's prison in Grants, New Mexico. Now, is that men or women? How does that work? Right now, Grants, New Mexico, the prison we are in is all women. Uh, we would prefer all women volunteers. If you're a male that wants to go, if you're married, come with your wife. Uh, if not, just talk to us and we'll see if we can get you in. Okay. Now, what if they're ex-felons? What if they were in prison at one time? Can they still go? Or yes, you can. As long as you're off paper, if you're off, uh, if you're off paper for about a year, I think is the requirement right now in New Mexico, you can still apply, sign up, and volunteer. So some of you that are saying, what does that mean off paper? That means you don't have to worry because you're not on paper. <laughs> it means you've, you've fulfilled your probation, your parole, and everything. That means, that means if they ask you at the border, do you have your papers? I'm free, man. I don't got papers. Okay. No, but all, all kidding aside, listen. Um, we want you to sign up. We want you to be able to go. What are some of the things they do when they're there ministering? Uh, what I have with me right now is a prison-approved backpack, all clear. But this curriculum, it paid for by Prison Fellowship, is a year's worth of curriculum that we pay for for each woman that comes to class. So we'll train you how to, how to facilitate the curriculum. We'll go through addiction recovery. We'll go through boundaries. We'll go through anger management. We'll go through finances. The women will learn quite a bit. That'll be awesome. Now, look, there's supposed to be a table. Do they have a table tonight? Yes. They have a table, sign-up table. If you want to sign up to be part of the team that goes in to minister to the women's prison, please stop by the table. Talk to Renee. Yes. Talk to Nathan. Talk to one of the people at the table because we really need you. Amen? Amen. Hey, Father, you. thank you for the work you're doing in prison fellowship. Thank you for the work that, Lord, you're doing through Nathan Hale and how he's invited us into his life and into the life of prison fellowship to transform lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Love you, brother. Amen. God bless you. 
I also want to let you know there's a sign-up table out there for giving back to the community. That's coming up in August. It's going to be August the 19th, right? The 19th? And if you don't know what that is, it's a day-long outreach to just tell our community, thank you. We love you. But more than us, Jesus loves you. We have music. We have food. We have games. We have car shows, motorcycle shows. We have all kinds of face painting and gifts and food. And did I say food? And there's hot dogs and hamburgers and, and everything's free. Did you hear that? Free. It doesn't cost you anything. So we're hoping that you'll be able to sign up. Pastor Chuck has a table where you could go by, and, uh, and he's got some really cool baseball caps for those of you that like baseball caps. They're really cheap. He, those do have a price on them. They're not free. But, uh, but, but, so, so those of you that just grabbed one, go put it back. <laughs> you didn't think we saw you, did we? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm joking. No one stole one. They better not have. Anyway, so, uh, but let's get into the word. Guys, I'm doing this study on the Ten Commandments, Ten Values for Strong Families. And we're now on part six of the Ten. And it's talking about the value of life. And it's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. And it says, You must not murder thou shall not kill thou shall not murder and it's real simple those four words sometimes aren't totally understood either and in exodus chapter 20 you see the 10 commandments listed and you see them other place too but when it says thou shall not murder it's really saying something that you and i don't seem to understand sometimes we kind of convolute it so father in jesus name i pray tonight we could examine this and go through this passage and really come to understand it and then live it out to the glory of God. Amen. You see, sometimes you might have an urge to kill somebody. If you're on the freeway and they cut you off, you're like, oh my gosh, I drive in New Mexico. People don't know how to drive in New Mexico. How many say amen to that? <laughs> How many are guilty of that? No, don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> but, but no, all kidding aside, sometimes people get really overheated. I mean, it's weird. Like back in the day, if you went to somebody and you went, hey, that was just saying, hey, what's up? Now, if you go like that, it's all like, what? You want something, is it? You want, you want beef or what? Why do you go like that? What do you mean by that? Or if you even say to something, hey, what's up? What's up then? What's up? What are you saying? Like, calm down. Everyone's a powder keg anymore. But you got to understand, do you know that by the time the average American child hits the sixth grade, now think about this. The average sixth grader, when he finally gets there, he has witnessed 8,000 murders or 100,000 acts of violence on television. We live in a violent society. Every 22 minutes in America, every 22 minutes in America, someone is stabbed, shot, beaten, or strangled to death. And a lot of them happen in our city. The highest homicide rate in the world is in the United States. 
more kids die from violence than they do from illness in the United States. And when you look at this verse, thou shall not murder, there seems to be a, a, a real straightforward command there, yet there's people that misunderstand it, misapply it, misappropriate it, or misinterpret it. And I want to try to help us really understand what God is saying in this passage. When he says, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not, he's talking about thou shalt not murder. Now, let's look at first what this command is not about. Okay? In other words, what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that it's prohibiting killing animals. Some people are, are like, nope, nope, you're not supposed to kill an animal. You're not, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. You're not supposed to eat beef. You're supposed to be a vegetarian. You're only supposed to eat, uh, you can't eat beef or chicken or, or fish or, or you can't eat, uh, uh, you know, a buffalo or you can't eat elk or deer. You can't eat, you can't eat, you can't eat anything that's meat. That's not what this is saying. The Bible's very clear about the difference between human life and animal life in the Bible. And we have to understand he's very specifically talking about we're not supposed to kill human beings. But it's okay to have a matanza. If you don't know what that is, that's when you slaughter a big old pig or a cow head and you put it in the ground and, oh, baby, oh, my gosh. Oh, everything's closed now. Man. But there really is a huge difference. And one of the things that you need to know is that God doesn't contradict himself. Some people think the Bible contradicts. No, it doesn't. It's just you don't totally understand it sometimes. And in this passage, he's very clear. He's saying you're not supposed to be killing human beings, but it's okay to kill animals to sustain your family and for you. So if you go hunting just to go hunting and you kill a deer and leave it there, shame on you. You're, that's a sin. But if you go hunting, kill a deer, and you come back and you slaughter it, and, man, you have, man, you have venison. That's what deer meat is. Mmm, man. Or elk. Mmm, baby. Or <laughs> buffalo. Ooh, yeah. Or are you with me? It's okay. To, look what it says in Genesis chapter 9. This is verse 2 and 3. All the animals on the earth, all the birds on the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground, all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables. So he's saying, I've given you meat, I've given you grain and vegetables. Right there, you have salad and steak and potato. There it is, baby. In other words, he's saying it's okay to eat meat. If you want to be a vegetarian, it's okay. If you want to be that by choice. But don't be a vegetarian because I can't, I can't eat meat. God says I can't. No, he didn't say that. Jesus enjoyed a nice meal. They ate lamb at the Passover. They ate fish. They ate different meats. It's okay. Another thing, it's not prohibiting capital punishment. Some people say you could never have capital punishment. You can't have the death sentence. You can't put someone to death. That's really not what the Bible says. 
And we're not supposed to just kill somebody for, uh, like, oh, they're an excessive shoplifter. Orale, kill them. Or, man, they, they deal too many drugs. Kill them. That's not what it's saying. But, see, you got to see what it says in the book of Leviticus, chapter 24, verse 17 and 18. It says, anyone who takes another person's life must be put to death. And anyone who kills another person's animal must pay for it in full, a live animal for the animal that was killed. So it's saying, you know what? We're not going to kill you for killing an animal. But today, life's all mixed up. Today, if you kill a human being, they give you four years. But if you kill a dog, they give you life. There's something wrong in this picture. God wants us to have justice, and he wants justice to be brought about. But he's got to say, we've got to have things and do things right. And we've got to do it right. We can't be a society that's all out of order. We've got to understand that God's given us authority. He's given us order, and he's given us instruction on how you and I are supposed to do this. He's given us human uh, beings that lead our government and establish laws. In the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse 4, this is what it says. The authorities are God's servants. Now, we have to understand that. Sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. Now, I'm not advocating you to go out and do wrong to find out if that's true or not. Because every one of us have probably done something to break the law. Just some of us didn't get caught. Are you with me? Because it's really, look, ah, you've done time, you've done time. Well, you just didn't get caught. (laughs) See, they're God's servants sent for you the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So God is saying that I've set these governments in place as agents of justice. See, God wants justice in this world. He set up a system how to put that in check. You know, many, many years ago, there was a United States president by the name of William McKinley, and he was assassinated. The assassin was caught convicted, and executed 53 days after he shot and killed McKinley. Dude, if it worked like that nowadays, you wouldn't have people going around murdering. Because like, oh, my, you better not murder anybody, man. They'll, they'll take you down right away. There was a guy back in the 80s named Ted Bundy. Theodore Bundy, he was a serial killer. He was raping women and killing them, and he was caught. And he was finally convicted, and he was convicted and sentenced to be executed. He was executed on January the 24th of 1989. But check this out. He was on death row for 11 years. For 11 years. The murder for President McKinley, 53 days in Bamos, that was over. Now, they had all the proof. They didn't have the wrong guy. They had the right guy. But man, 11 years later, and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars keeping him alive was paid for by you and me. 
You see, it's not that I'm out killing them. But we also have to understand that biblically speaking, it's okay to have capital punishment. And we have to understand that. And we have to understand that nowadays, when they give someone a life sentence, you know that the average life sentence today is eight years. That's scary. That's scary. There's a value to life. God values life, and he wants us to understand that as well and us to value it. Another thing it's not prohibiting is us to go to war. People go, no, I can't go to war, I can't go to war. It's not saying that. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 8, it says there's a time for love, there's a time for hate, there's a time for war and a time for peace. There's times that, you know what, you have to fight for the right thing, and there's some things worth dying for. We live in a free country. We live in a country where we get to literally fly our flag, a flag of victory. I love what Pastor Chuck told me the other day, and we're really going to start a campaign like that. Because what happens when a country wins and takes over another country? They take down their flag and they lift their flag up and say, we won. Well, you know what we need to start having all over Albuquerque and all over the world? Christians need to start flying the Christian flag saying, we're taking back this city, we're taking back this state, we're taking back this country to the name of the, and glory to God. But you know what? If you don't understand that we're at war, we're at war. We're literally at war. There's some of our people right now that have been deployed. They were deployed. One of our singers that is up here, and she's just always so cheerful, and just this beautiful young lady, Lena, and she sings, and she would do announcements, and, and some of you are, why haven't we seen her? Because she serves in the United States, uh, the, the New Mexico uh, Na, uh, Air National Guard, and she's right now in the Middle East, and that's why we pray for our soldiers, because they're not only the country soldiers, they're our brothers and sisters, our sons and daughters, people that we do life with. And it's okay to go to war. You have to understand that violent crimes and murders, and they occur within families. Domestic violence is on a rampage, and it's surging. It surged during the pandemic when people were locked up in their house. They couldn't get out, and, and it was a lot of violence in the home. There was rape in the home. There was just horrible things that took place. And God wants justice. So let's talk about what he does command from this. He's saying, don't you understand? I really want you to get it. When I'm saying thou shalt not murder, he's saying I value life. He's saying I value life. And the first thing God says he says no to suicide. God does not want us to commit suicide. He does not want you to murder yourself. God has numbered the days on earth. We have to understand that suicide is now the number two killer among college students. Suicide. Do you know that New Mexico leads the number of teen suicides in the entire nation. Suicidal thoughts. 
Everyone has said something dumb before, like, oh, I wish I wasn't even born. You know, I wish I was dead. Ugh, I had to just kill myself. Some people have pondered it. Some people have actually developed a plan. If you're there, please call one of us. Please let us know. We do not want to bury you. We want to let you know how valued you are to God and how valuable you are to us and how much God loves you and you choose life over death. Some people say, it's my life. I have the right to do whatever I want with it. No, it's not. Your life, God is your owner. God created you. You were brought into this world for a purpose. Even if you were the accident, your mom and dad didn't plan you. Maybe you've never even met your dad or your mom. But you were not a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. There's accidental parents, but not accidental children. You might have got up pregnant by accident, but God's going, no, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to give you life, and you're going to have life, and that little life is going to have purpose. It's going to have a calling. In the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 7, it says, for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. In other words, it's God. God owns us. God has us. He, he numbers the days on our earth. We're not supposed to cut it short. In the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 5, it says, you have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live and you are not given a minute longer and we are not given a minute longer. He's saying, don't you understand? Don't you get it? I know exactly what I have for you. He knows what he's decided for us. He knows how long we're supposed to live here. We're not supposed to interrupt God's plan. We're not supposed to mess it up. Sometimes we make bad decisions, and boy, we take a major detour, but guess what? All things work together for good to those that love the Lord, and he has a way of taking that detour and taking us right back where we're supposed to end up. We're supposed to be right where he wants us. And I'm telling you, God has a plan for you, so say no to suicide. If any of you at home right now are pondering suicide, please call us or call the suicide hotline and get help. Just dial 811 and you could get help. What? Oh, 988. 811 is for digging. Okay, 988. We don't want you to dig. So it's 988. Hear me, 988. Suicide hotline, 988, okay? Don't dial it right now, please. Uh, I feel like killing myself. This guy's horrible. I don't even know why I came to church tonight. But, but listen, God says no to suicide. You know what he also says no to? Mercy killing. Mercy killing. It, it, the fancy word for it is euthanasia, when you euthanize people. You've heard of them euthanizing an animal because the animal has rabies or the, the, the horse damaged its leg and there's no hope for it and they have to euthanize it. That means they, they kill it. But we're not supposed to like, oh man, poor grandpa, he's got cancer, pull the plug. No, 
a, a life support machine. It's not about, even if they ask the family, what do you want us to do? You don't have the power to kill them. Pulling the plug, I hate that term, pulling the plug. It's called removing life support. See, life support is supporting your life because right now your lungs or your heart or your organs can't support you. So they put artificial machines on you that artificially keep you alive. And then they say, do you want us to remove the life support? What they're asking is, look, we don't know if your loved one is alive anymore. We don't know if there's brain activity. We don't know if they could sustain life on their own. So they remove life support at times, and they see if your body will sustain it. Sometimes they've removed life support. There's people in our church that they remove life support, and they've lived, and they've lived 10, 20 years. And there's others that they remove life support, and within seconds, they were gone. And there's others that start fighting. They're going, man, they're getting stronger, but let's put them back on life support if you want. And they do to hold them. And, and, but that's why they do that. They, they're not toying with them. They're trying to find out where they are and if they can sustain life. But we've got to understand that we're not supposed to like, oh, poor thing, they're suffering, kill them. That's not what it's about. In the book of Job, chapter 12, verse 10, it says, for the life of every living thing is in his hand and the breath of every human being. So we've got to understand everything's in God's hand. And sometimes we don't understand. I, I have a lot of questions I want to ask God when I get there, but I'm sure once I get to heaven, it's all going to make sense. But the questions I have is like, why do such good people suffer? And all messed up people, wicked people, are all happy going around life, hurting more and more people. You know what? God is the one in control. We've got to understand that this is a very relevant issue. Euthanasia is an issue that would authorize legalizing doctors to kill people. Do you know that that is already legal in some states? Here in New Mexico, it just passed law. It went into effect now. They, sometimes the doctor doesn't even do it. They just give you a prescription. What if you get the prescription, but you give it to somebody you, that doesn't, isn't dying, but, man, you kill them off? You see, there's craziness. We've got to understand that you can't just do people off because you don't like them. I don't even think they should live anymore. Several years ago, there was this man that thought he had the right to determine who was fit to live and who was fit to die. His name was Hitler. We got to understand that God, God is saying, I don't want you murdering. I want you to understand that It's okay to kill at times. You're defending yourself. You're f defending your family. You're not murdering. You're protecting and you kill someone. You take someone's life out of protection, not because I, I don't like the color of your shoes. Or give me your shoes or I'll kill you. People are shooting people for nothing anymore. It, it's, it's crazy. 
And another thing that God says no to is abortion. Abortion. And I don't know if you realize the abortion rate, but one out of every four women have had an abortion. That means in a room this size, one out of every four. So if you count, yep, abortion, 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 abortion. And, and look, we, we don't hate you. We love you. You made a decision that maybe you were pressured into or you, you didn't know what to do and you kind of freaked out and you had an abortion. But listen to me, God loves you and he forgives you for that and he wants to release his peace in your life. Because people that commit abortion, a lady that has an abortion or a guy that forces his woman to have an abortion, there's a lot of psychological damage to that. They live with, they live with guilt and some of them end up becoming, you know, addicted to different things. Not just drugs or alcohol. I mean, sometimes to violence and anger and they have issues and, and, and man, and God is saying, don't you understand? I've created that child in that womb. You don't have the right to take it. A woman has rights, you do, but so does that baby. But we forget about those babies' rights. What's really so weird is if someone wants an abortion, they could go kill the baby, but if a woman's pregnant and somebody walks over there and punches them in the gut, they lose the baby, they'll get them for murder. Like, okay, that's kind of confusing. It's like we've got to understand in the book of Psalms 139, verse 13 through 16, it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life, I was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God is forming that baby. You might be pregnant and freaking out and going, what am I going to do? We'll help you. We'll help you find the assistance, and the resources to have your baby and to carry it out. Right now, did you hear that little kid? When I said baby, they go, baby? And I go, yes, baby. Your mama and daddy chose life. We need to choose life. There's a person inside that baby, that mother's womb. And I know there's unplanned pregnancies, but not unplanned babies. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. A fetus is not a tissue. It's a life that's been planned by God. That's why I support life. That's why we're a pro-life church. We're not going to condemn someone for having an abortion, but we're going to try to help you find healing for it because the psychological scars are deep and God heals those wounds. 
He heals the wounds. You know, since abortion became legal, there's, there's been over 63 million babies aborted in America alone. That's a lot of babies, man. And we have to understand that. And, and what's really crazy is the feminist movement is, 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 has been so active in, in, in promoting abortion and, and the right to choose abortion. And they've been promoting that, yet there's a bumper sticker out that says support unborn woman's right. We have to understand that abortion is killing. Euthanasia is killing. We have to understand that that suicide is killing. It's murder. God says no to it. God says, I don't want you to do it. I want you to release that pain and that anger. If you have someone in your life that knows how to push your buttons and they did something to you, man. Some of you, because you live in Albuquerque, we've had a lot of deaths here. We've had a lot of people murdered. And sometimes when someone's murdered, someone in the family now wants to murder them, and then they, it, it never ends. And you end up becoming the murderer like they were. And you end up becoming that dark person like they are. So the best thing to do is say, God, Vengeance is mindset of the Lord, so I'm going to claim that, God. You say you're going to take revenge. Lord, I don't even have to be in the front row watching. I just have to know and trust that my God is going to do the right thing, that my God is going to bring justice, and he's going to bring righteous justice. Because sometimes here on earth, we don't get the justice we think we should. But I'm telling you, this isn't the final destination, people. The final destination is that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every single person is going to stand before the throne of grace someday, and we're going to have to give an account for our life. And to those that have confessed Jesus here on earth, Jesus is going to stand there as your advocate, as your attorney, and he's going to say, Father, I died for him, and he believes it, so he's welcomed into my heaven. And yeah, you get to go in, not by what you did, but by what he did. And then some people are going to stand, but I know Jesus. I got him tattooed right here on my arm. I got a cross. And he's going, I don't even know you. You denied me here on earth. I'll deny you in heaven. Listen to me, church. Heaven is real and so is hell. And you and I are going to have to give an account someday. And he says, you shall not murder. So you've got to understand what God is saying there. And you've got to say, Lord, because you give us the spirit of self-control, help me control my emotions. Because right now, I am so mad, I feel like killing somebody. God, I need you to help me process these emotions so that I don't do something foolish. So tonight, as we come to pray, there's some of you that have denied the Lord. You have not confessed Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You have not prayed to receive him. And some of you have, and you've walked away from him, and you're not walking anywhere near him anymore. 
And some of you are walking faithfully, but you know what? Sometimes we just think some dumb thoughts. And God is saying, tonight, let's get our hearts right. Tonight, let's get our life right. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, and you want to do that tonight, you want to confess him here on earth so that he will confess you in heaven, and you've never done that before, raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? This is your time. This is your moment. This is your day. This is your hour. So those of you that raised your hand, stand to your feet because we're going to pray with you. We're clapping because you're making the greatest decision of your life. Would you, would you pray with me with those standing? Just say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I realize that I'm a sinner that needs a Savior. And I believe that Jesus Christ died for me and rose from the dead. So I accept him as my Savior and my Lord. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, brother. Come up here real quick. I want to give you a high five. Man, this is an exciting day for you. Praise God, man. What's your name? Huh? Jacob? Jacob, welcome to the kingdom of God, brother. Look, this is Pastor Chris. We got a Bible and some material for you. Praise God. Now, look, some of you need to pray right now. You need to pray for God's anointing, God's power on your life. Some of you need to say, Lord, I, I've made some bad decisions. Maybe there's someone in here that murdered someone or you killed them manslaughter, but you have never released that pain. Come to the altar right now and say, God, I, I release that. Maybe you had an abortion and, 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 and you don't know how to release it. Tonight, come and release it. Maybe you were part of an abortion. It was your girlfriend or your, your wife or something, and, and you encouraged her, and, and, and you as a man wanted that child, but she chose death. Make your way up here. Or maybe you've contemplated euthanizing some member of your family that is saying, no, oh, just kill me, just get it over with. You know what? God wants to direct you tonight. He wants to help you. So whatever you might be facing here or online, maybe you're contemplating suicide. Dial 988 and say, I'm, I'm tripping, man. I'm, I've got a plan. I already have the fix. I got the drugs or I got the weapon or I got the plan. Surrender it to God tonight and let him minister to you. Just sing out this song. And as we sing out this song, then we're going to pray. But just trust him. Amen. Trust him and pray with one another. Ask someone to come and pray with you if you want.
want to thank you for the great work you do we thank you for your healing power father god there's people struggling with their health god we're remembering simi right now and praying for a mighty move of your spirit we're praying for those that are incarcerated god whether they're in the local jail or in prison but we're praying for a move of your spirit for them and in their families Father God, there's people that are overwhelmed right now. And I pray that, Lord, you overwhelm them now with the spirit of healing for their bodies, for their mind, and their spirit. We thank you for all you've done and all you're doing. And we bless you and pray in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. And God's people say amen. amen. Praise the Lord, church. We love you. Hey, don't forget, go by Pastor Chuck's table. Sign up for the giving back to the community go back prison fellowships table sign up to go into the women's prison 